Hi, I'm Jason Wacob, founder and co-CEO of MindBuddyGreen and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please consider giving us a five-star review and comment. And don't forget to visit us at mindbuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness and make sure to check out all of our great offerings, including our online classes and trainings. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Jason Wacob, founder and CEO of Mind Buddy Green, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the Mind Buddy Green podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at mindbuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Few people can say they've created a movement that's actually a movement, and Taryn Toomey has done just that. Her now famous class by Taryn Toomey, which launched out of her Tribeca apartment, is the most talked about class in New York, and she's reshaped how much of America thinks about the future of movement and boutique fitness. Taryn, welcome. Thank you. So great to finally have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So the class is a phenomenon. and, but it's been around for a while. So you started about five years ago and just talk to people, the how and the why, and then for those who aren't familiar, the how what and the is why. the class? Oh, the class. Well, it's interesting when people ask me how and why because it was not a, let me put a pen to paper and create this idea. It's essentially a manifestation of my life, really, is what it is. But I launched it about five years ago officially with a name, but I was teaching it for two years before that in the gym of my building just with an intention to try to track some of the things that were going on in my brain through my body and then figure a way to work them out in a community setting with a couple of my friends without talking about the specific thing that I was working on. That's really how it started. <laughs> You're a true entrepreneur starting in the was, building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basement in my building. Um, but I gave it a name five years ago, called it The Class, because I couldn't figure out what to call it. And people laughed at it first, like, The Class. What is The Class? It's like, it's just The Class. It's not like The Class. Um, so that's that. I mean, I'm making it sound kind of silly with the, the simplicity right now. It's actually that... If I open up a story, I'll go down like 16 different lanes of how I started, why I started. So let's keep talking so I can... We'll talk about what <laughs> I think would be helpful for people who maybe aren't familiar. Like, what is the class? Like, describe what you do yep. in this setting. It's a map-based workout. It's music-driven. It's self-study through physical conditioning. So we intentionally engage discomfort in the physical body to get the voice in the head going, to witness what it is that it says to get to know what it is that you say when you're in the place of discomfort. That sounded very, very... <laughs> so, I mean, so basically... Can the, I translate that for yeah, me? So please. to me, it's it's a mix of yoga, dance, Pilates. Uh, you got that through that uh, sentence? <laughs> a, little bit of a, a little bit of a rave, a little bit of a dance party, a little bit of like uh, therapy. You know, there's, there's, there's shouting, there's cursing, no, but it's I mean, a little bit. There, there's a little bit of... Uh, it's like you're working your you're working your shit out. I, I appreciate in a, in a mindful way. It's like mindful working your shit out yeah. in a way that's like good mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. You're not touching on the environment pillar, but like yeah. that's my. 
I appreciate you helping me out because I can feel what you're doing. <laughs> you're like, let me explain to you and to everyone else what the class is out there. You're explaining really what we're doing. We're not actually shouting and we're not really cursing, but the, the intention... People do that, though. They, they, there's a it lot happens. of noise in the class. Yeah. And the reason why we're using noise is because when you're intentionally engaging discomfort, it's one muscle group per song. We're engaging the discomfort. People are like, ugh, this sucks. This really is uncomfortable. <laughs> and oftentimes what we're saying in class is go ahead and do what you need to do. And people start going... Ugh, you know, and they start making noise and sound and the music is really loud. So you can make all of that sound without the person next to you being like, what the hell is wrong with that person? There's a lot of discomfort going on in the world. There's a lot of discomfort going on in our mind. And when you're giving people the space to make a lot of noise, they do. So yeah, there's a lot of that happening. So I love that line, engaging the discomfort. Yeah. What do you- so so I'll give you a little bit more of like the essence of class is that we start... Uh, with the soles of the feet, you're standing in a room, you're on a mat, you place your hands on your body. We say, feel your own touch. This is your body, close your eyes, breathe in, breathe out. Notice your mind. Your mind is an organ, it has a function, it creates thought. The part of you that hears the thought is your soul, is your consciousness, right? So you just break down that, that your organ, your brain, the, the brain is an organ, it's doing its job. And then we say, let's begin. The music comes on, we start breathing, Everybody moves on the beat, so it's one movement per song. So we start by squatting down, up, down, up, down, up. Then you close the eyes and you notice the thought. What is the thought around the feeling? Okay, my legs are burning. What is the thought? What is the thought? You're experiencing the thought from consciousness, from soul. We don't really talk about soul, consciousness, spirit out of the gate. We just allow the body to ignite this internal kind of fire and then after a while, we start to move into the space of understanding spirit, consciousness, soul, after you first ignited a fire in the body, gain the trust of the room through music, through sound, through all this stuff. And then we start to work in the felt sense of what it feels like to experience these other spaces. So it's, it's a nuanced practice. It's, it's really one that the reason why you can probably feel me having a hard time explaining it is because when I try to articulate it, without actually doing it, it's more difficult because what it is, it's a felt sense through one. It's one's own personal experience of themselves. So to me, for me to sit here and try to explain it to you, it's a little bit wordier because it's really a feeling. Do you think it's more, how do I put this? So, you know, I, I love yoga. Yoga saved me from back surgery, but I think yoga in some ways is a little bit unrealistic in that you go to class and it's namaste and it's all good and like there's the yoga voice and everything's all good and namaste or you go to meditation and it's just breathe go back to it's all good like clear your mind like but like it's not realistic for a lot of people to do that who live stressful lives in a chaotic world where is it because what you're doing is more practical more realistic where it's like you're, you're incorporating these practices, but in a realistic way where you kind of have to like release some shit. Yeah, well, it's not all good. Like, you can't just like have a fucking terrible day and be like, Namaste. Right. Well, my entry point was really through a lot of the, the practices of breathing and mindfulness through movement, movement, and breath. And for me, I was just really fucking frustrated. And I wanted to make some noise. And I was, uh, I, found myself oftentimes when when I would be in a place where 
I, I just had too much fire in my body. And I understand that there is a balance. And if there's too much fire in your body and then you're releasing fire or that if you're somebody that has a lot of frustration and that there need to be practices of meditation and yin to balance that fire, it's not that if you have all this feeling, you should continue to keep pushing and keep this and keep that. Right. This, this, this is a different thing that I'm talking about. There's a balance and then there's a place of release, right? It's different. This is, for me, I would use my yoga practice to try to chill myself out but I couldn't chill myself out until I released first. Mm -hmm. So that's really what the class is. At the end of class, we do breath work and meditation, but it's only once I've ignited the fire and created that inferno that I'm able to get steady and still. So a lot of what the class is, it's like you're driving the fire, driving the fire, driving the fire. It's a long song. You're doing this ass lift for six minutes. People are irritated that the, you're, the, the muscle is on fire, and then people can make sound. You're noticing that you have the power of choice to put the leg down, but you don't put the leg down. Why? Because it's a choice. It's a thought. It's a feeling. You have a thought around the feeling, and then you have a choice to actually act on the thought. It's a choice, right? So you're empowering people to understand it's choice, and then it's action. And then action creates what? Another thought about your ability. So you put the leg down or not. If you put the leg down, then what happens? Then you have an idea about yourself, about your ability to do something, right? So it's this through line through class. Okay, or I could do one more move. I could continue one more. I could bring my tool in of breathing one more time, one more time, and then it's over. None of this is permanent. The song ends. Now I'm stronger. Stillness. Close your eyes. Notice your mind. Mm. And that's it. And that's how we work throughout the whole class. Next movement, now it's a burpee. Now I can do this. Oh, this is great. The music feels great. Wee, everybody's doing this. This feels amazing. Oh my God, this, okay, wait. Wait a second, no, I can't. Wait, anyway, whoa, whoa, I can't do this anymore. I can't do, so what do I do? Okay, I'm gonna do one more. Okay, I'm gonna do one more. And then the music starts coming like, I'm gonna do one more and then, and then the room stretches, and then the room's like, Ah, and the room starts going and the energy starts going and then sound is going and people are releasing and I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And then you realize the thought again and then the sound goes and then, you know, and then the song ends and then it's stillness, hands on body. Notice your heart beating. You're still there. Reflect for a moment on the power of choice, right? And, and then that's how we work. So it's a, it's a, uh, a combination of noticing the intensity builds and then it ends and then stillness notice the intensity builds ends and stillness, and that's really what the class is right it's a practice of life it gets really hard and then it ends and then it's still it gets really hard and then it ends and then it's still we're just practicing life and then at the end of class you answered my next question i was gonna say is it a metaphor yeah, for life? yeah. i mean literally the burpee is practicing life right I think I can, I think I can, I can, I can't do this, I can't do this, fuck this. Wait a second, I'm just going to get through one more breath. And then it ends. So what is it about this experience that you think just, there's so many people who swear by the class, they swear by you. What is it? Like, what do you hear from people? And I'm curious, like, what do you think? And I know it's hard to, like, get outside yourself sometimes and look and look objectively at what you're doing and what, what the class is doing. But well, you just summarize. Like, I get a little squeamish when people say 
swear by me. I mean, the answer they to do. and not, not not to really. Taryn says jump. People say how high. <laughs> well, me and then the other instructors because the work really is not. I mean, I'm just holding the space in the room to offer up people to understand their own ability, and that's really the work in there is that. We're just trying to light a way for people to understand that if somebody's really telling you to do something, it's probably time to take a, I mean, in my opinion, maybe you should look the other direction. Sure, but, that's fair. You know, it's it's in, in that room. It's not somebody like... But this system, this system, system that you've yeah, created, like a lot of yoga teachers, a lot of practices have, have tried to create systems unsuccessfully and systems are hard to scale. There's right. inconsistency, but like there's something about, so what is it about? Because like, you're under, you understanding your own ability through your own body and it's watching your own thought process. It's not somebody telling you what your thought process is and exploring it with you by them I'm not saying to them, and what is it? And then me giving, and I'm not looking at you saying, well, my opinion of your thought process is this. <laughs> you know, there's no feedback from someone else. So you can call yourself out on your own bullshit or not. It's it's no narration needed around your own stuff. It's you just truly experiencing yourself without having to explain, without, so you can go right into the heart of it or not. It's really understanding that, this is just you with you, you with you, and deciding if that's what you want to continue to believe or not. And it's about the leg lift. It's about the toxic relationship that you keep touching. It's about understanding that, um, like, just fill in the blank. And there's a period of, um, for me, what I'm doing is I'm just bringing the 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 understand. It's it's the power of choice, and, and that's really it. It's the power of choice, different than circumstance. And we're using it through the body, so it becomes somatic, right? It ends up staying with you. It's not really a narrative or just intellect. It's in the body. It's done through the body. And for me, that's what's become powerful in my own life. I'm just sharing what I've learned through my own experience. And it seems to have resonated, you know? So, like... When you first started practicing this way, before you like brought it out to people, I'm sure you did a lot of like, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, how, how did you describe, like, how did it feel to you? Natural. <laughs> but like, would you say like, it felt like this, this, then this, and I felt this way, like it, it, it was, it felt, obviously it felt right, it felt natural, but. Well, I have, I've, I've used music and movement as my medicine from as far back as I can remember. So combining the two things for me just felt very natural, and that's why I say that. So the ability to move my body to a beat with other people with music and then to be able to speak while I'm doing it, it just, none of it felt organized in a way where I'm like, I'm going to do these things and do it together and figure out if it'll work. Right. It just was something that I felt like was, it was very intuitive Sure. Me. And the fact that other people came around and allowed me to share it, for that, I'm forever grateful. So do you have like a go-to track or artist for, for that music is medicine? Um, I'm sure it changes, but... It changes all the time, but for me, and especially the way that I teach in the teacher training, 
is that use your music as your co-teachers. If you wouldn't want to hang out with that person as a human on a soul level, don't play their music. So I'm like Florence, Jim James, Stevie Nicks. I'm like, you know, who are the humans that you relate I with? I can see you and Stevie Nicks getting along I, I love, very well. I love She's a good yeah. Stevie. Has <laughs> she been to the class? Um, in many forms, but okay, not but in the not, actual not, human okay. Maybe she's listening. Maybe that'll happen. Come on over, Stevie. Yeah. Um, so that's how I choose my music. It's usually relating with their words and, and their kind of essence of what they're bringing in the room. I love that. So something else I think you've done extraordinarily well is you really nurtured and grown your brand, the brand of the class, in like a very thoughtful way. Thank um, you. So want to hear like you're, you're thinking about the brand of the class and, and how you thought about it when you decided to pr- pursue the class as a brand, as a name, and then how you think about that today and where it's going. Yeah, it's interesting. That, that always just came very naturally. I always felt a lot through my eyes. So again, that, like everything's come very organically and that doesn't, let's, let's use the word like organically and easily different, but... I've always been a very visual person, so um, the the brand itself, from a visual standpoint, the colors and the way that sure. people see things, for me, um, have always been very soothing because the, the the class itself has so much fire in it. So to balance the two parts of it, it's interesting that people say it's when they look at the website or they they look at any sort of imagery of the class. It feels very soothing and they come Graceful, in and it's so sophisticated, yeah. soothing. Which to me, yeah. I'm fine with. And, and they'll say, it's so different when you go into the class. And I'm still fine with that. It's, I, I don't mind there to be like this kind of fierce, ferocity kind of drive and then this soothing, graceful feeling in, in, through the images. Um, it's, it, that, that just kind of comes through me in a very natural way I, I feel things through my eyes that's a a hard thing to describe I guess do you have a background in art or design or no 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 just something yeah I've always I've just I've always been into um I mean I worked at Ralph Lauren for a bunch of years but I started in their store and then I worked my way slowly up through their corporate ladder what were you doing in the store like selling clothes I love it. That's a tough job. That's, yeah. You learn a lot of great skills. Yeah. You learn how to deal with customers. You learn yeah. how to deal with obnoxious yeah. people, totally. all sorts of situations. Yeah. I mean, I was at Ralph Lauren for almost seven years, six and a half years. Started in their store, worked my way up, and ended up in their corporate office. So, Were you in the store on 72nd? And I was. I started in their East Hampton store. Oh, no way. Yeah. I got. That's such a long story, but um, I got plucked up off the street with a woman, Kate Mansnow, who was getting off the jitney. Uh, I was applying for a job at a different store, and she saw me on the park bench, and I walked in, and they had just had somebody leave. It was July 4th weekend, and she was like, we are desperate for somebody right now. It's the busiest season. Were you just applying for a job? And I was said, yes. Sure. <laughs> and she was, you know, 20 years old, blonde oh, wow. girl in East Hampton. She was like, boom, you're hired, and ended up with a long career there. And I learned a lot, you know, through about awesome. I learned a lot through osmosis in retrospect about branding and lifestyle, culture, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was a really great company to work for. So, um, you know, you you do learn a lot by being in things like that. So I think I picked up a lot in, in that culture just about keeping brands tight visually. Sure. 
and your brand is very tight visually. Like I can spot a photo on Instagram. I don't even need, need to see the handle or the photo. It's like, oh, I know where that came from. That That's hard to do. Interesting. Thank you for acknowledging that. No, it's hard to do. So like, how do you think about the brand and today and like, how, and, 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 and how is it, you know, I think that the challenge a lot of strong brands have is like, how do you keep the brand super tight, but then also how do you grow it? I mean, that's an interesting question. And reach more people question. and scale. And I know you want to, I, I know you want to reach a lot of people. Yeah. And so how do you think about that? It's an that? interesting question because, um, as I, I hired, um, Rebecca Wright, who's the president of the company a little over two years ago, and she's brilliant and challenges the shit out of me, which makes me nuts. But, um, I know what I don't know, and I know how to hire the people around me to challenge me. But Self-awareness is huge. Yeah, yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's it's true, and it's it's good to be able to hire people that that can challenge you, and you can stay in relationship with while they challenge you. And and she, one of the things that she said, it's it's a blessing and a curse that I have my eye on on the brand as much as I do, because you can create a bottleneck for everyone by wanting to be so involved visually, and at the same time. The reason why the brand is the way it is is because I've been so involved visually. So it's, you know, understanding how to pull back enough to not be a bottleneck and how to stay involved when actually this was built on my vision. So it's tricky. Um, I think that the team around me, I really, really respect and trust and empower. And they understand me enough now to know when to say, like, we really do need tease opinion here and that I've they've learned enough now when they don't you know so there's enough infrastructure in place where they you know it's it, that's a it's a tricky question and I'm kind of like dancing around the no no right it's, now. it's hard and it's something I it's think hard. about it's hard and there are no easy answers yeah because you want to empower people to to go like go go but at go. the same time sometimes you see to tell them what to do yeah <laughs> there, and, there's and, a combination of that there's a combination of empowering enough to say i trust you here are the reins and then building enough trust with people that if it, it's not right that you can go to them and say that's not right and then it feel like you're not destabilizing them sure. and taking away you know that you can stay in relationship with people and still challenge people around you and them challenge you without being like you failed, you did something wrong, and that's really where the slippery slope is for me because I love my team so much, but I don't want a team around me where like everybody's drinking some like Kool Aid. You want people to challenge each other so you can continue to grow, and it's it's an interesting thing that what that happened with this company because I, it was never supposed to be a company ever, and. It, yeah, it, what was the original vision? Like, this feels no good, vision. come on it over. Was, I was just trying to heal a part in me that was felt really broken, you know. Um, and for two years when I taught it, it was, um, we were just sending money to this woman, Mama Kia's children. She had passed away. Um, we sent the money down to a, an, the children's home that she had created. Um, she left these children behind that she had adopted. And that's, I was trying to heal some grief and some pain that, not some pain, a lot of pain that I was dealing with um, in a lot of parts of my life that I won't go into um, now, maybe a couple of years down the road, we'll or maybe back. never, but yeah. But, you know, the intention of this, and I think a lot of people, when they come into my world and they come into the class, they can feel there's something going on here. There's not, 
This is not some like business plan. And I really do believe that people can feel authenticity and the work that's going on in this is not just there was a business plan behind this thing and it's working and they're like buying into something. But that there is some soul and some guts and some fortitude going on here. And that's why it's been working, not because there's some like, you know, exit plan, Sure. you know, and at the end of the day, like that's really what keeps me, um, you can probably feel me get a little confused and it's like with the brand and the thing and the how and No, it's why. a balance. It's yeah, mission it, and, you know, having a strong mission and having a business that you yeah. know, needs to make money, needs to pay salaries yeah. is like very much a tension that I think every mission-driven entrepreneur has. I yeah. have it. It's like, here's the mission, here's the soul, here's what yeah. we got to do, but at the same time, like there's heads, we need to like yeah. pay rent, we need to like, it's a business, you need both. Well, and, then, and the balance tension. and at the end of the day, what do you come back to? I was just having a conversation with somebody this morning a little bit on like the verge of when you finally feel like you can put the armor down and you're not just like, let's go people, we got this people, let's go people and trying to figure out how you're gonna pay the bills and how you're gonna this and how you're gonna bring it to the next level and how you're gonna hear and this and all of the things to be able to access people and you can put the armor down and you feel a little bit broken and exhausted and you had all these crazy nightmares last night about things that were really hard and your daughter woke up in the middle of the night and this happened and that happened and you can just be human and I was had like some tears in my eyes and I'm like at the end of the day when the people are coming up to me and saying T I just want you to know how much has changed my life and how much this made gave me the space to be able to fill in the blank and that that keeps happening every day and that for whatever reason that I my soul signed up to do this work and like that is the reason why I keep pushing forward and that I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going and that that's really what just keeps driving and I'm going to be okay and I'm going to keep doing this and that at, at times this thing does reps on my soul it feels that way like I am exhausted and I'm have a lot of these things that are going on that are symptoms of this force of this thing that feels it's a movement and but it's a movement that feels so fulfilling so how do you take care of yourself that's one of my questions like you give so much and you talk to any like healer they give so much that takes a toll it's so a like have, have you had moments where you're like okay i'm making all these people better but like fuck what about me like I feel, I, I feel drained. Like I need to take care. There's a there's a lot of the drain, um, and then there's a lot of the fill. You know, and and the fill really. People say to me all the time, "How do you fill back up?" And I'm sure that this is a thing that I'm going to have to figure out how to alter at some point, because I say I fill back up by going in that room, and that I've learned how to self-regulate through my own practice. And the way that I've learned how to teach is because I was self-regulating. Mm. The movements that I'm doing were a way for me to self-regulate. The tapping of the heels and the way we move came through me because I was trying to organize myself to get back into my body. And, to, you know, the, the movement practice came through me. It wasn't, let me sit down and write this Map out. this thing out. Yeah, it, was, it came through me. So I say that, and I'm sure that I'm going to have to take a look at that one day and figure out what else that looks like because right. it also becomes exhausting but we work as a as a team my whole my whole company does and we all see it and we've pulled back my schedule now and 
we've built a lot of practices and now like there's a couple days after retreats where I take off I didn't used to do that I mean <laughs> basic things I would lead these huge retreats and then I would drop back into the city the next day and just start teaching doubles again so, oh, so you got kids you got yeah. like it's not just you yeah um but thankfully my work feels really fulfilling it's not like I'm just like how do I make a bunch of vacuums and sell them and keep going? You know, it's, it's like, not that there's, that's a problem, but right. I'm saying like the, the, what I'm doing, what I'm doing every day fills me up as well. Um, I have a very solid meditation practice. I take a lot of baths. <laughs> Were there moments along the way where you're like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can make it. Like it's taking a toll on family or what have you. Like, Of course. Yeah. I mean, the, I don't know if I can do this is a lot of just, um, it doesn't come up as like, I don't know if I can do this as in like, I don't know if I can keep running this company. I don't know if I can keep teaching. I mean, if anybody ever took this work from me, I, that's when I feel like I would just, that would be the worst case scenario for me to tell me that I couldn't teach this anymore or do this movement or do this work. Sure. Um, the, I don't, the, the kind of self doubt is more sure. what, what comes in than, you know, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Or it's, I don't know it's, if it's going to work or yeah. I don't know how this is going to, like yeah. in the early days of My Muddy Green, like I had, I definitely had nights and days where I'm like, I yeah. love this, I'm in it, but like part of me believed this was it, but then I'm like, fuck the reality, like I don't know if this is, I still man. sometimes, I'm sitting here across from you thinking like, are you really saying like people, people love this or like, I'm still in that state sometimes, which is silly because it, I mean, it's every, we, we turn around all the time and people are like more, 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 so it's funny that I'm still in that somewhat disassociated state of like, I think that's what probably makes, I, I, in my experience, a lot of people who are what I would say like, you know, without like great at what they do always have that. I think the moment you become like complacent and be like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's yeah. like, it's, you're done. Yeah. It's over. I don't believe that all. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely holding everybody's hand with them. I'm not, <laughs> you know, standing up there like, whoa, 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 do this, do that. So what do you think you have, you, you, you've mentioned team a lot and you have a lot of really special, talented instructors. What makes for a great instructor for the class or just in general, like what are the must haves? And then what are the things when you see, cause people are, they, this is a coveted, a coveted team to be a part of. So what are the things that are like must haves, like the qualities you see in people that are able to, to do this successfully? And then what are the things you've seen where like, I'm running away from that. Yeah. Not gonna it's interesting happen. because um, we, I, I teach a lot of events. I travel around a lot. And oftentimes you'll have somebody come up after class, a teacher of some movement, and they'll just come up and they'll say, I just want to let you know, I'm going to teach this class. And it's, <laughs> and I always, I laugh inside and I smile and I give them a, you know, whatever it, it is that they're trying to give a hug or whatever back. And I, I laugh because it's usually that person that I'm like, they have zero awareness and that's usually step one just awareness or a level of intelligence to not just walk up to the person and tell you <laughs> that they're going to teach this class you know it's usually the people that have come a couple times and so what do you do in that situation you just give them a hug whatever it is that they're like, like just out. projecting onto you that they're going to do and how they're going to do it like if they want to reach in and like step into your kind of like 
space and just latch on to you and do all the things that they probably are showing you or, or the reason why they're not probably going to teach the class or you let them do what they want to do. I try to hold my space and put my feet in the floor and show them energetically that they... How do you do that? I'm always curious about like how people like hold space, deal with like energy vampires, that sort of like, how do you... You try to just show them through your body language and oftentimes people don't pick up on it, but... You know, so what does that look like for you? You just kind of stand up and tall and just don't pour your body into theirs when they try to pour theirs into yours, sure. you know? And some people pick up on it and some people don't. I mean, there's a lot of social cues and graces that sure, go on sure. with the way that you sure. can hold your body. I mean, I used to be the girl that would just hug right back, but, you know, it's... Um, it's a, I've, I've learned. <laughs> so what are the great things? What are the things are like you must have? Yeah, so yeah. anyway, so I bring that up because a lot of times th- there's, a, there's a humility that has to go into this practice of understanding student-teacher always. It's not one or the other. Like I'm still just as much of a student as I am as a, a teacher. And um, there has to be a certain level of charisma and magnetism, I think, to be able to understand how to own and hold a room of 100 people you know, that's what those rooms are sometimes, 80, 100 people, and have some sort of musical understanding, without a doubt. Understand how to curate music and cue with music. A lot of people early on, I would find, just had no understanding of music. And if you don't, I mean, it's a music-driven practice. If you don't understand music, it's probably not going to work. Having understood the light because you've seen the dark, Mm-hmm. It's usually a pretty big one, um, which means that you've had some sort of um, practice in your life of something, something gone on, and um, just have the ability to uh, understand power of community and be be with people as opposed to stepping on. And that's really kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Sure. Talk about community. Like, what is you've built an incredible community, and how do you think about that? And and what is it about that experience of having? Like, what is so special about? It's one of those things you have to kind of like. If you're listening, you haven't been to the class, go to the class because it's yeah. like like what what is the power of having, you know, a hundred people in the room all moving to meet? Like, talk about community yeah. and that role. Like, this isn't. I, I said to you before the podcast, like. To me, the class is not like, can we do a one-on-one? Like, yeah. not going to work, not going to be the same. Like, yeah. talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I do do one-on-ones with people, but when I do one-on-ones, it's usually because somebody's calling um, for a specific reason. Sure. There's something going on, psych- like energetically sure. or emotionally for them. But um, the the power of the movement, it's just better together. It just feels that way because what we are teaching and moving is that there is not one human better than another. That's just it. And when we're coming in from an entry point at that level, and that's how we're moving together, it's just palpable. You can feel it. And that's the work of the class. That's the community that we're working with. And it's felt in there. And that's that's it. It's not like, here's the teacher up at the front of the room sitting on some big thing that's saying like watch me watch me watch me do this (laughs) and everybody's like raising their hands like you know and that's it and um i think that that people can really feel it within this 
with within the community when they come together. The moving on the beat in unison, in tandem, it's just really empowering. A lot of people say, I need to be in shape before I come. I need to this, I need it to helps. that. It does help <laughs> because it gets you into a place where, you know, when the physical body is strong, the mind is not as irritated, frustrated, because the muscle is not talking to you as much, right? It's basic, it's practical reality. It's like, you know, it's it's physical and it's mental. But um, there's also something to be said when the energy and that like Shakti is like, you know, it's so like, we support one another. Right. So I have a, so Mark Hyman, who's been on this podcast and I love as a friend, uh, he has a great line. And he says, you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet. And it's his way of saying, like, the power of food. Mm. And I know you have a distinctive point of view on movement and the therapeutic and, and, and what movement can do. So, like, if you were to, if you were to create your own version of, of a quote of, like, the power of movement and what, it, like, what would, what would it be? If Mark's, like, starts with food, you know, food, what's your movement version of that? I mean, we always just say that movement is medicine which is you know movement as medicine it's it's when you're grounded in your body it's you know we we often say in class bypass your mind and and feel your body bypass your mind and feel your body yeah i love that and right there that's medicine for me so it's like when you're in your mind you're in your mind bypass your mind feel your body so i love that so getting back to community um you know, as you as you think about this, I know you think about reaching more people, and some people who don't live in New York or California may be saying like, "Oh, this is just like another thing for like the wealthy people who live on the coast." Like, yeah. what what do you say to those people, and like, how do you think about access and growing the class and reaching more people? Yeah, um, I could have a couple of years ago just thrown a camera up in the back of the room downtown, which is what a lot of people were asking and have been asking, and why aren't you streaming? Why aren't you? It's it's because I've Every step of the way, I've wanted to do it so thoughtfully. We are going to do some, um, we're going to bring this out digitally eventually. We're going to do some more brick and mortars on both coasts. So yes, it's going to be a a bit of a coastal thing. But the reason why is because I'm so close to the work and I want to be able to stay close to the work. And if we just scale it from a, a brick and mortar point of view, it's just going to be further and further away. So we're going to do that mindfully and then scale digitally from there. Um, and then take take it on the road a bit. So I'll, I'll hit the road so I can bring it out. I think the power of community is so important, especially now where we're just so behind our screens. So you use the platforms that are digital to bring it out there sure. and still be sure that we can layer in in the place where you can come together because there is a bit of a disease out there in the world with these screens and the lack of touch and human contact. So... I want to be able to still stay in contact with people and all of our teachers as well as understand that what we're doing is not, it's not a trend, it's a movement, you know, and and to keep sure, or to to keep our hand on the dial that the movement also is human contact. It's not just behind the screen. So fun, you know, dancing the line of, of those two things is really important. Would you ever show up in like Texas or Chicago or some of those more metropolitan cities? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we did a, a collaboration um, with Lululemon last year, and we took yeah. we took it on the road, and uh, we were in Chicago and a couple other spots. And the feedback was, uh, we still get emails every day from those cities. So we realized that when we drop into a city, 
they don't stop. <laughs> it's, right. it's been well, a solid say, year like, later. Do you think scarcity, like to me, scarcity is a little bit of the secret because it is such a powerful in-person experience. Yeah. And that's part of the secret. The moment like it, it becomes more available to something, like there's the rub. Yeah. It's like part of the yep. experience is the physical yes. and you and your teachers and the way to really do it in a way that's exceptional it's got to go slow and it's the tension of like reaching more people but keeping the integrity of the brand and how so do you think about that you just hit the nail on the head so there's a reason why we don't allow people to film in class why you can't look online and there's no big long videos of the class out there and it's because i do believe in the in the mystery of it and that's not like mystery hold it back it's because you really do have to feel what's going on in the room to understand what's going on in the room and I have not wanted to pull the curtain back on it quite yet because I don't know how it's going to look in you know behind the screen with one person so we've been doing some tests behind the scenes filming some things and watching them myself to understand really what it's going to look like so we've been we've been doing some some work to see um that said what you just said is true we drop it in these cities and people feel it and then they don't stop talking about it so there's a little bit of the in-between that we're gonna we're gonna land somewhere in between those things still keeping the mystery allowing people to feel it and then still figuring out a way to do it so when we do do it we can bring it to more people but in a way where you're still in a bit of a community so what's the vision like where do you and I, I know it's a hard question, but like, where do you want to be in like a year, three years? I think any, anything past three is just like impossible know, to predict. So but like, true. what, where do you? Here we're going to have a couple more studios. Um, can you share locations or ballpark yeah, we'll locations? Be, we'll be a few more in New York, okay. um, probably two more in New York, uh, Brooklyn? out on the West Coast. Uh, if my business Come partner, over to Dumbo. Everyone's in Dumbo now. She, uh, she, yeah. Um, if you if you were to talk to my business partner Becky, she would love Brooklyn. Um, but Brooklyn was on the radar; it's not currently. Okay. Um, and then West Coast, and then uh, where in, in the West years, Coast can you share? Uh, California. Okay. And then Northern, Southern. Uh, ish. <laughs> ish. <laughs> we we don't have we we have it loosely mapped out, um, but I don't want to land any names. And then uh, probably another one overseas in three years. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Europe. And then probably, yeah, probably land land in those, and then digital will be will be digital within three years. What about you personally? Like I hear you, I I, I feel like there's a lot more of the story. Yeah. Like, well, would there you ever is write because a book? you know, like is yeah, that something oh, you God, think about? We book people all over right now, which is <laughs> it's you know it's it's tricky because I move slowly and then I also have a healthy paranoia around things right now because. I, I and and I mean paranoia, not in a way of like what is what are people going to do that's I'm not doing, not in that way, but of the way of like I want this to be able to be something that act that people have access to, and and can help people, and I mean where it's I don't want to just like kid glove this and be like well I don't know it doesn't feel right like no I want like <laughs> to be able to do this in a way that 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 it's the work is the work, and I'm not just being too precious dating. with it, you know? <laughs> but I don't, there's so many different directions I can go with it. Do I tell my story? Do I tell, no, not yet. Do I tell the story of the class, uh, how I created the, the, the actual, like, science behind the movements and really all of the studying and the, 
the the self-study and, and all of the work from the I mean, there's so much work I've done on myself that's been downloaded into the method of the class. If you just sat behind the scenes and looked at all of the work I've done on myself and how much of that is in the method, we could talk about that in a whole book. You know, do you do a whole just like movement series of like, there's so many different books you can do, you know, or do you do, so it's- So where do you go when you need your work? Like sometimes you need to get out. Like I don't need the like I need to get well, away I, from this day. Like who do you go? Like what are your must? Is it like do you go for a walk in the park or you go to a class that you've never gone to? Like a, not like, really. What do you do? Ish like, nothing. Do you have a shiatsu <laughs> guy that comes over or Chinese I go medicine? To, I go like, to acupuncture you? to Thomas Droge. I love Thomas. I used to see Kevin Courtney for body work, but sure. he doesn't do body work anymore. So thanks for that, Kevin. Um, I I hang out with my friends and I try to not talk about work and I laugh and I go to dinner with them. I hang out with my kids. I know that sounds kind of silly, but no. truly, like, I leave my phone behind and I go to the park and I go and just, like, literally, I leave my phone behind and I just act like a kid with them and I laugh with them and that really fills me up. Um, I wish I could say, I mean, I go to, like, a random place on Church Street and I have my feet rubbed for an hour. <laughs> like, these are, like, basic things. And sure. I like, just shut it down, close my eyes, and, like, I lay on my bio mat and my chi machine. <laughs> sure. Like really basic. There's not like some big long self care ritual I have. Well, I, I, Colleen and I joke about this. We think that like very few people who work quite a bit have the time to do that. Yeah, like we just don't have time for ninety minute yeah. baths, or yeah. it's like not yeah. going to happen. And oftentimes, the place on Church Street that I'm like get my feet rubbed, I'm like doing. You're, you're doing work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But a lot of it's like going out with my girlfriends, and when they're like, "So what's going on with work?" And I'm like, "Can we not?" Talk and they're about like, it. "Great." Sure. And then it's like my kids, like those talk about purity of spirit and like lightness. Like I just, that's really for me, I love that. I love that time with them. It's fulfilling for them and for me. And, you know, often it's like people will say, you know, it's so great to like, you, you created this thing, you created this thing, you did this thing. And like, great, like all that's great. All that's great. I'm trying to heal this thing in me that's just probably like generations and generations and generations of pain and really 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 old shit and that's great but like you know how do you become a hero well i you know i be a good mom i love that so you've created a movement how do you what what's the what have you learned about that anyone out there is listening like i want to create a movement i want to like what, what do you what's your advice to anyone who really wants to help people create a movement, you know, who, who views movement as medicine. Like, what advice do you have those people? Yeah, I mean, I hear that that I want to create a movement and it, and it creates, like, such anxiety in my body. <laughs> Not because I think of, like, what anything that I've done, but the idea of, like, I want to create a movement and what that must do in one's own mind about what the steps are to do that. So it makes me think like, whoa. So, you know, like, and that's for me, the idea of living in the, like, the forward is what creates anxiety and fear. So just tune into what your passion is. And, you know, everybody takes the job they think they should take because they think that's the job they should take. Everyone does the thing they think they should to check the box and do the thing. But, like, what are your passions, you know? What's your passion? What moves you? For me, like I said, music and movement, those were the things that I used to heal myself. And that was my passion. And while I worked at Ralph Lauren, like, I still kept those things as my passion. And slowly over time, they ended up becoming my work. 
So you can keep your hand in the thing that, like, you take the job of the thing. It doesn't need to be, how do I create a movement? But just keep your hand in your passion. Keep doing the thing that's your passion. Keep it alive. But don't keep your head in the, like, what's the end game, the exit plan? Because sure. that's what will create the fear and the anxiety. Well, it's about the it. journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think often, like, when, when I feel where I'm getting a little bit in a spin cycle in my own head is when I'm thinking about, like, like that there needs to be the end what what's the end and like oh okay wiggle your toes look down at your feet and take a breath like basic here Mm -hmm. like let's get into the all right you know and then what's your passion like go ahead like turn a little music on right now t like wiggle your body wiggle your feet and like apply your medicine right now and then like okay good so now i just created my own movement you know, like basic sure. brass tacks sometimes. And, you know, oops. <laughs> um, you know, so for the advice to people is like, stay close to your passion. It doesn't need to happen right now. Just, but keep it close. Keep tuning into it. Do a little bit each day to cultivate that passion. Stay close to it and let that drive you. Love that. So I always close with these, these last few questions. So what keeps you up at night? And what has you excited in the morning? Mm, What keeps me up at night? You know, just worrying about other people. You know, it's really interesting. (laughs) It's worrying about other people. Um, And I'm going to think a lot about that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, am I, you know, have I offended anyone? Have I done anybody wrong? Am I treating everybody okay? Have I not responded correctly to someone, you know, Becky always says to me, like, I'm always concerned about the, like, I'm I'm the mom that's, like, swooping into, like, the one wounded bird that's on the floor when, like, everybody else is soaring. I have to, like, scoop down and pick that one up, which is probably at the end of the day going to be the thing that's going to, like, take me down. So um, it's not ideal, but um, that. And what excites me? Um, my kids. Um, music, my community. <laughs> love, love, love is the drug. <laughs> Passion, friends, fun, hope, you know, all those things. And last question, if you could go back in time and, and give 20-something Taryn, who maybe was just starting out at Ralph Lauren <laughs> advice, what advice would that be? Um, just to keep your eyes a little above the horizon, you know, you're going to give the pain a purpose. It's going to be all right. Give the pain a purpose. I love that. Taryn Toomey, the class, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.